0: The Yuletide TV podcast is hosted by three college friends trying to find the best Christmas TV episodes ever made. That quest can, at times, be frustrating, which is a nice way of saying that this show contains explicit content. We know that might get us placed on the naughty list, but better us than you.
1: You know, I don't care what movie they throw at us. It's Christmas and nothing can get me down. You know, Christmas is the only time of year I wish I was a person. <laughs> well, come on, boys, let's sing an old-fashioned Christmas carol. Yay, Good King right. Wenceslas looked out on the feast of Stephen and the t- Christmas guys did shout at the Justin Bieber. You, you had to pick the one carol nobody knows the words to. Ah. Everybody knows the words to Oh man. <laughs> Welcome to the Ultai TV Podcast, where we rate and review Christmas episodes of television. I'm Brian, and typically I co-host this podcast, but I'm here to take us through the last leg of this sweet, sweet journey called Season 3. We're kicking off Personal Favorites Week, and before I go much further, let's check in with everybody else. Boys, how are we doing today?
0: John, do you think he's talking about us? Are there... Are there other boys? He didn't say our names this time. Yeah, I don't. It was a test of identity.
2: Are we being replaced by robot boys?
1: No, you're
2: You're being replaced by small children. Oh, Mm -hmm. you. You're almost as creepy as Santa, man. Yep.
1: And a creepy person who most surely is on stilts,
2: but might not be. Are you talking about that long elf? I am talking (laughs) about that long elf. That is that is not a man on stealth that is just a man standing next to dwarfs but uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm more festive than prune Brian
1: oh that's good that's good. did you have any prunes today?
2: no I don't I don't think I've ever had a prune willfully. Oh God what happened when it was unwillfully given to you? I just think it you know. Just think probably an old person was around and they put it in some food and you're just like, I guess. <laughs> that's be- that's better than being strapped down by said old person and be like, you're going to eat a prune. <laughs> <laughs> Just the concept of that is very funny to me. <laughs> so, okay, here's, uh, hopefully we can extend this and make it a little bit better.
1: Imagine that scene in Casino Royale with Daniel Craig, where instead of being strapped to a chair and having his balls hit the whole time, he's just fed prunes until he shits himself. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Just, and mads mickelson has to have a straight face through the whole of it <laughs> i just feel like that's like the worst way for any fruit to go and for yeah. some reason is that right through you <laughs> like half the fruits do that but prunes are the only ones who get dunked on like fucking drink some pomegranate juice dude <laughs> you ain't you ain't feel is that what after. pomegranate juice does i used to drink it when i was cutting weight to do oh. that jesus it would just go through it yeah that was a horror story. I was avoided That's a, it. Yeah. Well, taste taste delightful, and then you lose four pounds.
0: Do you expect me to talk? No, Mr. <laughs> Bond. I expect you to poop. <laughs> and then
1: and then pivoting right over uh to my right, it's our uh
0: wonderful leader, Chris. Chris, how are you? Oh hey. That's my contribution to this episode okay. so far. If we're gonna start talking about poop and James Bond
2: james bond and pooping
0: james bond and poop where does where do you where do you think the guy finds that do you think he finds time to poop on his missions or do you think he just takes a lot of like pepto and just locks it up
2: i don't think i've ever really seen him eat either Mm. so he just he's had a meal (laughs) a single meal he mostly he mostly just drinks. I guess I guess no, that's a fair point. In, in in the in the new Bond, he did not seem comfortable making children food. <laughs> oh no, he did not. No, it's, <laughs> it's like it seems like he never process. seen food in his life.
1: Yeah, you know i I want to see I, I want to see the next iteration of Bond films where the British government has to fund Bond going to like a ten thousand dollar plate dinner. <laughs> <laughs> because there's a suspect of this billionaire who's throwing a fundraiser
2: i mean that's probably cheaper than what they usually pay for him to go anywhere
1: yeah but then (laughs) but then bond gets fussy about what they're serving what's on the plate chicken
2: just chicken. what about a sauce no sauce Chicken and sauce and sauce. I don't know
0: what James Bond you think you're impersonating, but it's, it's like, it sounds a little one. bit like a child from Harry Potter. <laughs>
2: yeah, exactly. <laughs>
1: they, they're getting a child. They're getting magnitude from Harry Potter to be the next
2: James Bond. It's actually Rupert Gint. Oh. Bond. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're getting him out of that ice cream truck.
1: Bond, did you read that file? I didn't read anything, said Ron. <laughs> I mean, James
2: <laughs> i i want them to go just i know it's going to be the dude from like bridgerton or he's at least going to be like the guy they use to lower the cost of whoever uh the new bond is but i just want them to like dredge up just someone fucking hilarious <laughs> like, that's we're right going back, charlie day is the new james bond we're going back to
1: lazen Chris so O'Dowd. you know what i wouldn't be <laughs> at this point at this point with hollywood i would be very surprised if they didn't pick chris pratt just,
0: <laughs> just just the way things are trending it's gonna be no it's gonna be
2: played by somebody else but it's gonna be voiced by chris pratt. <laughs> it's gonna be voiced by like, yeah exactly i can't i can't wait for his instagram post about his bond girl
0: <laughs> and how healthy she is so chris you're doing well Oh, I'm doing great. It's five days to Christmas. Just going to wrap up this work week. We're going to wrap up this podcast and uh, get to celebrating. You yeah, know? yeah. You got any big celebrations on hand? Already teed up, ready to go? Well, I'm just excited. I think, you know, thanks to vaccines and boosters and all that jazz, uh, you know, we'll have a much better Christmas than we had last year where we sat uh, in my parents' house with masks for three hours, and then left and yeah. <laughs> made a sad Christmas Eve. Well, it wasn't. It was a very good dinner, if I do say so myself. But we made. You can't. It was. It was just me and my fiance on Christmas Eve, just calling people that were not as concerned about COVID as we were. <laughs>
2: Fair. I think my my Christmas Eve is gonna. Gonna stay pretty much, uh, or my Christmas gonna stay pretty much identical, you know, because my girlfriend works retail. So, yeah, <laughs> we, yeah. Have, we have limited plans. She'll hopefully be back from Minnesota for it. Uh, we're going to have some lovely family in town that are gonna hang out with Turkey.
1: Uh, very excited uh, to share that with them, and uh, it'll be nice. I don't know what we're doing for dinner yet. We gotta put that together. Uh, we will probably. Do something grand or at least as grand as we are able. That'll be
0: good. I got a nice beef tenderloin recipe for you if we want. Oh yeah, I do want you to send that to me. Made it last year. It was delicious.
2: An animal died for that, Chris. That's how you spend the holiday spirit. It's as bad as buying. And another
0: one will
1: die this year.
2: Just just (laughs) just as God wanted.
1: Well, OK, usually we hint at what we've watched by now, but I think I think we're all in a position of like, how do you hint? How do you hint on Mystery Science Theater 3000 without just riffing?
0: Well, we talked about we talked about Robo hosts already. Yeah. We did talk about Robo hosts And I
2: talked about it was not a, it was as bad as buying the North Pole. <laughs> I did such a good I job suppose. Yeah, but I mean, it's just we, compared to our other. We episodes. gave
1: you all the clues. Compared to all <laughs> the other episodes. Which is why, for my personal favorite to pick this week, I picked Mystery Science Theater 3000, uh, Season 11, The Christmas that almost wasn't.
2: The rare time will actually save people time.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> well, <Fair>. we'll see. <laughs> yeah,
0: good if point. you
1: watched it, great. If you didn't, here's a little bit of what happened. It's Christmas time on the Satellite of Love and Jonah is decorating his prison and singing carols with Christmas cheer. The bads interrupt and the five of them engage in their invention exchange. Jonah, Crow, and Servo present the regifter, a box within a box to give to people you don't necessarily care about and then those people can regift the box within the box by putting it in the box. The bads present the anti-Christmas radio, nothing but static and police sirens to drown out Mariah Carey and other other Christmas songs. Thank God. And then the bats present this episode's movie, The Christmas That Almost Wasn't. In said movie, Santa owes one-year rent to his landlord, Phineas T. Prune, or else Christmas is canceled. Santa doesn't have the money and brings in a lawyer to help with this problem. Santa and his lawyer, Sam Whipple, approach Mr. Prune and appeal to his charitable side. When that fails, Santa gets a job at a local store where Mr. Prune buys and then fires Santa. In a last ditch effort to save Christmas, the children of some town in Italy come together and raise enough money for Santa's rent, thus saving Christmas. Santa also finds a letter from Prune that was lost years ago and gives Prune a sailboat that he asked for when he was a child, and everyone rejoices. During the breaks of the movie, Jonah, Crow, and Servo disgruntly talk about old Christmas toys. The three confront the creepy Christmas toys from the movie, fearing they'll come back to life and attack him. They talk to Santa, and then everybody opens their presents. And that's this episode. Chris, I know you were worried about the summary. How'd that go?
0: Uh, I mean, I think you handled it pretty well. Uh, you know, if it were me, I would have, you know, maybe not spent as much time on the gift exchange, the invention exchange, I should say. But, you know, not not bad overall. Mm-hmm. for as For what this episode is... I'll give you an 8 out of 10.
2: Cool. I'll take it. I thought you did great, Brian. Thank you, don't John. Like, don't, don't let Chris get you down. You know, I,
1: this is an interesting thing to talk about because we're watching a show talking about another movie. And I think I mentioned this after we you know stopped recording the last episode. But with Mystery Science Theater, it's not so much for me, uh, the content of which I'm watching. That's certainly enjoyable, uh, watching them tell jokes, uh, going through a bad old movie, Right. But it's more so the experience. I've always felt Mystery Science Theater 3000 had this really great kind of almost welcoming tone to it always. And it was always just nice to watch. And it was kind of like you were part of the crew uh, in watching this bad thing and just kind of joking with it. And, you know, everybody's just kind of in on this joke that, yes, this is bad and we're going to have a good time watching it. That's why I always enjoyed about it. And that's why I always come back to it, whether it's old episodes on YouTube, the four DVDs I have in my DVD sleeve, or this revival that got two seasons on Netflix and is going on a third here relatively soon from their own Kickstarter uh, and launching their own service, essentially. So w- what's everybody's uh, experience with Mystery Science Theater 3000?
2: Limited. i think Um, i I forgot what network it would run on occasionally but i have seen it but not much uh
1: the sci-fi channel for sure
2: like like wherever it was on super late night i was for some reason i wanted to say cartoon network but i think i am an idiot Mm.
0: yeah i think it was like comedy central and sci-fi yeah yeah i mean i never really watched it like the original run, it was something like I was kind of vaguely aware of on the periphery, but I didn't really get into it until this iteration, which is the the Netflix iteration with Jonah Ray. And I watched both The Return and The Gauntlet and enjoyed them both. Yeah. One of the writer, head writers is uh, Elliot Kalin, who hosts one of my favorite podcast bad movie podcast the flop house he's also a head writer on the daily show during the Jon stewart years and he makes a cameo in this episode as well so the humor plays well to me so i think to what you were saying brian that it is there is something very welcoming and approachable it's like a little i think if you were like never watched this show before and like just dropped into it there's a little bit of weirdness in terms of like what exactly is going on
1: and why are these people doing this?
0: Yeah, like the whole space station thing. But I think if you can just like accept it and not worry about trying to figure it out, you can Mm -hmm. settle in and just be like, oh, these people are just telling jokes about a bad movie.
2: Right,
1: and they do something called like an invention exchange where you just kind of, if you're new, it's like, why the hell are they doing this? (laughs) What What purpose will this serve later in the show? And it doesn't, there's no payoff. It's just, it's one off. And that's kind of fun because it makes it, I don't know, the breaks are nice because it makes it, uh, 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 it breaks up just watching an old bad movie, right? And it's following the format of when it used to air on television where, you know, it'd have commercial breaks. So they'd have an intro and outro and stuff like that. And you get that with the uh, with uh, Pat and Oswald kind of talking about stuff and them, them doing little bits and uh, segments. But it's just nice.
2: It's also from Minnesota. Who? Hey well now i don't like it
1: oh don't be like that i liked it at
2: first there there are a few things i don't accept and one of them is minnesota why there is illinois
1: (laughs) what What? (laughs) illinois i get don't get me wrong that's a whole state that's a whole state where the sole focus is on like one city in the northeast quadrant of it and then
0: the rest of the state's very forgettable yeah
2: <laughs> i mean but the city's great yes the city pulls it's it it's
0: very different than minnesota brian <laughs> hey we've got two cities
2: <laughs> well and lakes they specifically have two cities they they tell you it all the time mm-hmm. <laughs> they're, yeah they're exclusively referred to as that they are i mean people in the midwest really dig duluth for reasons yeah i don't get that either <laughs> so and they're like duluth's such a great town I'm like is it it's i think you just have certainly to like, north you have to get to like an extreme level of hipster where it's like where's the best place in this area oh man superior duluth it's so underrated it's so oh, it's so bet. pretty up there and it's like no no man no one no one likes oh that man much. <laughs> there's a
1: pizza place that hasn't been discovered yet it's like yeah because it's in fucking duluth <laughs>
2: You know, they You know, it's we got the best bars and the best breweries, and it's like, and no one will ever hear of them because you're in Canada. I don't know. I don't know
1: that I've said this before uh, to you guys, but I've said it recently. I think between Minnesota and Wisconsin, I think Wisconsin's just a little bit better because there's better utilization of the entire state, whereas Minnesota focused heavily on the Twin Cities, and uh, like the rest of the state is just kind of uh, weekender territory, so to speak
2: so the key difference to move, to my understanding between wisconsin and minnesota is uh well in wisconsin and illinois is like your cities work and our city is a hellport. <laughs> so like we have to do others like we have to have something nice somewhere and it's like well we could fix we could fix milwaukee no no we will not do that Frankly, we're offended for suggesting that we would. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you! Insinuate. So, door. What we're gonna do is invest in resources to get you to Door County. Look at some fucking trees <laughs> and the Dells. Ooh, water the Del- parks. The, de- Ooh. the Dells is also a hellport. Oh yeah, absolutely. unless you're a child or a sad single man. <laughs> oh two- God! Those are the two people who can. Why enjoy would a Dells. sad single man go to the Dells? strip
1: clubs
0: (laughs) (laughs) get drunk that was not same same reason same reason you go anywhere in
2: wisconsin brian to get drunk (laughs) i remember i mean just to keep derailing to keep dancing around having to talk about a show where they do bits that are funnier than our bits yeah when (laughs) i remember being i used to go to the dells to do like water ski stuff a lot for like and i was doing like a charity show there and I w- tried to go to a bar and it was like a nightclub-y type bar and they wouldn't let me in because I had a backwards hat and they were, and I'm like, why? and they're like, gangs and I'm like, surely mm-hmm. this is not true <laughs> I refuse to accept there's uh, been a single gang member in the Wisconsin Dells
1: huh well, you know, gangs can enjoy water parks too, John
2: yeah, I. That's when I worked in bars I learned it was racism is why they weren't oh, okay but <laughs> yeah. I just thought that was the funniest excuse I've ever heard, where it's like, can't let you in. Why? Backwards hat. Again, why? Gangs? No. Okay. <laughs> Something spucky here. John, how how limited was your exposure in Mystery Science Theater 3000? I probably have seen like two to three episodes. Okay.
1: And how long ago
2: was it that you saw those episodes? Childhood. <laughs> <laughs> Like, not childhood, but, like, when, like, you got to be, like, a cool, you were a cool kid, and you were like, I'm up till 3 a.m., and it would be on, like, Comedy Central or Sci-Fi. Yeah. So, what's your, like, how'd you enjoy this? Like, going into it blind, for the most part? I had a lot of fun with it. I enjoyed the space station parts, probably, more than the, like, interjecting into movie part. Yeah. I really, I thought that was very funny. I thought the interaction with Felicia Day and Patton Oswalt and Jonah Ray was, was, tickling it tickled me Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. did you have a favorite joke
2: i did like the the i don't like it but i'm gonna put a ring on it was very good there was one at the end that made me like giggle so hard where they were making fun (laughs) of the evil guy
1: my favorite was when all the kids were were giving santa money (laughs) and then they just make the joke of like
2: see whipple this is how you collect your (laughs) pay." that was actually it and then I really enjoyed the like, you mean I could have solved this problem by like stapping some cloth on a block of wood? <laughs> <laughs> there was, it was, it was a good time. It was very, it was very long. I actually like it. It was good for my AD, my ADD, because it's like watching two shows at once. So I mm-hmm. had enough to focus on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's plenty. There's plenty going
1: on. But at the same time, again, it comes back. It's the experience that you put on in your home, almost like a podcast, where you're going. You know, you're going to be doing something else, you know, and you know you can have it on in the background. You're not going to miss a whole lot, but it's going to
2: welcome you back in every time. I get paid in fake money to think about shows, Brian. So I can't do something else during it. Fair, <laughs> but you could if you continued Mystery Science Theater three thousand. Fair. My one question is, those kids weren't giving Santa money, so how does this solve his problem? <laughs> they were giving I, him. That like... was
0: confusing. I wasn't. A lot of them came out with what looked like clay pots. I think <laughs> and... they were piggy banks. Uh,
1: that's kind of what I was wondering if they were supposed to I, be. I'm pretty sure I saw one that was a pig. <laughs> okay. Also, I'm disappointed that they never actually let everybody know what one year's rent for the north pole was right yeah, because it, remember it that's be at least a four bed one bath house on probably what three acres of land if not more i mean it's, well, it's the whole north more pole, than that, so it's you gotta,
2: gotta yeah you gotta hose those elves somewhere
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah right right but you can also collect a year's rent with two days
2: work at a department <laughs> store I mean, he is the first mall Santa in human history. <laughs> so, you know, the premium was probably pretty high.
0: I was going to say, that was maybe my favorite bit in the early on in the episode where he goes and visits the lawyer initially. And he's like, the lawyer's like, well, how much is the rent? And Santa like hands him this sheet of paper and they don't show what it is. But one of the jokes is Eight hundred candy canes. Yes, yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> a whole straw penny. Exalted. My God.
0: To pivot into to, to Brian's point, this is this is tricky because we are talking about a show that is talking about a movie. But I think if we want to make some comments on the movie itself, there is a lot going on here that I think we can at least talk about, if not make jokes about <laughs> for example the fact that everything in this movie seems incredibly cramped just yeah. the smallest sets that anyone has ever built
1: for they blew it all on the department store set is what it seems like
2: yeah i didn't know santa invented fao Swartz. <laughs> yeah pretty much but good for you santa a lot of stuff got invented this episode <laughs> <laughs> well
0: they just go into like first of all it's like They go into the little guy, the lawyer's Whipple's home, and they like it's like underground, kind of, and the door is like half the size of a normal door. Mm -hmm. And then when they leave, because he's like, we're going to go talk to Prune, and it's like literally he's across the street from where he lives.
2: (laughs) (laughs) How convenient. I've heard of this man before. I just like that they made sure to let you know on every level that Prune is evil. You know? Yeah, he
1: even walks like a vampire. Good God, the stiffness of that man!
2: But then also, the tall elf looks evil. Probably, I would debate more evil. Yeah,
1: if well... if, if, <laughs> if, if you if I if I found a gun and Prune and the tall elf were having a fight, and I was having like one of those moments, like which one do I shoot?
2: You know. Well, well then Pro- wait till the human vulture walks in, man. <laughs> You're gonna have three choices of the same guy. Even the uh, actor who was playing Santa was
0: like... When you first meet him, you're like, did you just kill someone? (laughs) Because you you seem to be really shook. It looks like he just walked off the set of
1: a...
2: a, Oh my god, like a Hitchcock film. Dude, Santa and his wife make me so uncomfortable. like Once he gets back to the North Pole, I'm like, oh, like... (laughs) this is more of what
0: i expect santa to be but then like when they go to the department store and whipple needs to teach him how to ho 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 it's like no what's going on here he's santa he santa consistently looks
2: like his face looks like he just lost a bet on a fart (laughs) (laughs) do we i guess we don't know what the italian tradition of santa is like maybe italian santa wears a fedora and has a bad gambling problem or something i
1: did like that fedora <laughs> i think incognito santa looked kind of cool right and my favorite bit was how quickly he like looked like he was wanted for murder when the cop walked up to the lawyer and was like hey by night isn't it And santa was like oh fuck don't notice me don't notice me
2: i've got bodies everywhere I just feel like Santa could have invented some laws or declared himself a sovereign. Like Santa's the one person <laughs> who could declare himself Santa. a sovereign. Yeah, because he <laughs> lives on the fucking North Pole. I think like, it's the only place where you can declare sovereign citizenship. Like he's the one person that shit would work for. Yeah. Like you we as like Americans, please stop trying to declare sovereign citizens to police officers. It's rude and stupid. But like Santa, yeah, do it to prune. Be like, we don't rent illegal here. And then Prude would be like, but why? And he'd be like, that's uh, not a country. Yeah, yeah um, <laughs> that'd be good. Real, real quick, I want to go back to the cop
1: interaction because that actually had my favorite joke. And it was when the cop said that he was going home to write help his kids write Christmas letters. And then somebody from the MST3K
0: crowd said, yeah, I want to give the old cop's perspective. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. And also the other comment they make around that Part is like, you know, just two normal middle-aged men <laughs> talking about Santa, as you do. Like, <laughs> I would I would highly encourage people to uh, just do a Google search of Italian Santa because uh, the first couple images that come up are like wildly like are they Chris Pratt stereotypical? It's very like it's it's literally like the first four images are like santa and he's dressed Ooh. as santa but he also has like some green oh my god uh, like italian apron thing yeah. going on yeah. and he's eating food there's one he's where he pasta and wine yeah. yeah he's holding a pizza and
2: he's yeah. wearing an apron that oh. says pizza uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> there's one where he's holding the leaning tower of pisa
2: go to, i don't know if you get the same seo as i do but go down one two three four five middle of the fifth row is that where he's holding no it's like is that horrifying his... woman oh well that is so
0: there is oh i see what you're talking about but that is so, so if you go if you do a regular google search so italian santa is called babbo natale but he is actually not as popular as la Befana, an old woman who delivers gifts on the eve of the epiphany
2: oh hmm oh huh. hmm. january 6th <laughs> well that's the epiphany (laughs) it sure was I bet it was (laughs) I also had a shopping result when I typed that in for Mexican Santa who looked like he was a delight (laughs) just a good time yeah tequila tacos and a sombrero oh my god that's not appropriation (laughs) this seems
0: this seems like a really bad rabbit hole to go down where it's just like (laughs) insert country and Santa (laughs) and see what kind of racist shit comes up for like culturally appropriated dress they've put them in email us at yuletide at gmail.com what
1: your uh what your background is and we'll send you your appropriate Santa.
2: <laughs> we won't, because all San- Santa's for everybody.
1: All right, you you, you all want to hear some fun facts about the movie? Oh uh, yes, that I would love
2: to hear how this spaghetti Christmas happened.
1: Okay, cool. First off, this was the eighty-nine minute version, but there's a DVD floating around that's got that's ninety-three minutes long of unedited footage, and I just can't imagine
0: what that would be. I don't know if it's Sam and Whipple playing with toys for another four minutes. I really hope that it has what was perhaps the most disappointing thing that was left out from what was promised in the opening credits, which is Prune's cannon shooting flying machine that we never got to see.
1: (laughs) You know, that takes me back. Prune is supposed to be this zillionaire, but all he relies on is this crow for his ideas. Come on, that doesn't seem like a good businessman to me.
2: (laughs) That seems like a man who's a puppet. (laughs) <laughs> How did he generate income? Also, like, he should be kind of like, you know, not to be... He, his, like, life went great because Santa lost uh, that letter. Like, yeah. he spitefully became a billionaire. May we all have that level of motivation.
0: Do you think that's what happened to Donald Trump? No. Yeah.
2: Everybody knows he was just given everything. <laughs> no, that actually what happened to Donald... Yeah, it was he was a rich kid, and then Santa and the Easter Bunny... Didn't lose his letter, but they knew he was going to be a piece of fucking shit. <laughs> <laughs> Tooth Fairy was into him, though.
1: Of all places, too, this movie aired on HBO in the early 70s and 80s in December.
2: God, man, oh. HBO before they figured out to make TV shows. <laughs> what, a, what a wild place before they were like, let's make odds. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the actor who played Phineas T. Prune. Uh, was also the director. No. Oh. <laughs> right.
2: That's why he gave himself that song at the end. One uh. of like the two songs in the show.
0: All the songs were bad. Yeah. The song the song with the elves where they're like trying to find prune and just like it's like something a child comes up with that they think is hilarious because they like understand how rhyming works kind of and like yeah. nonsense words. And they do that for like five minutes and giggle. And then they have a big sigh and they go walk out of the room and go play with toys and forget what's just happened. <laughs> yeah, right.
1: It just seemed like someone had a quarter amount of energy. It was like, this should also be a
2: musical because it's Christmas time. And then they kept forgetting about the musical part. Maybe it was like, maybe it's a banger of a musical in Italian.
0: Mm, man mm. i have a hard... maybe that's the
2: last four minutes yeah, yeah. Mm. just stuff they couldn't translate over effectively
0: <laughs> yeah it could be
2: yeah. and it's so weird to think that this was considered the country that had the best grasp on cinema <laughs> <laughs> at a time yeah
0: it's <laughs> good point. wow
1: <laughs> okay uh last but not least the actor who played sam whipple baby whipple you call baby whipple proper name. The, the man the man who wrote uh, the man who played baby whipple uh is also the writer of the book this movie's based on what <laughs> yeah <laughs> this movie's based on a book that that guy wrote and then it was
2: adapted to screen and made into this movie and then he got to play his own baby whipple so he got <laughs> you could ask a couple of my burning questions my besides like how law works in the north pole my other burning question is when the fuck does this take place in as a time frame like what year does this happen in you could tell me any time between 1880 and 1970 and i'd be like
0: yep yeah that sounds about right
2: 1866 i guess
0: that's when it came out but well
2: i think we can assume that's also when it was released i'm usually like not too big of like a stickler for this stuff in like fantasy environments because like you can do whatever you want pretty much and it's fine but it's very confusing as to like ah yes this is in the 60s but still shitty wooden toys <laughs> italy doesn't get cool toys the americans remember world war ii and we won't send them over
0: it's probably that magical time between world war one and world war Two, maybe or pre, or just, or just before World War One. There's you no mean, cars. Well, it's
1: too small a town.
2: Yeah. I well.
1: Did I, you I, see any horses and carriages?
2: Yeah. You I don't know not. how they get around. We just know that storefronts exist and they have a concept of Santa.
1: Yeah, and sometimes they fly to the North
2: Pole on reindeer on wires. There's a lot of ascots. And a lot of long coats, which to me suggests maybe the 1800s. But who's to say? Who is to say? D- did you guys ever play with, like, shitty wooden toys like that? A little bit, time? yeah. Yeah, like when you go to, like, your grandparents and they'd be like, here's the toy box. <laughs> you'd have to, like, interact with a real Jack in the box and be like, "Oh, Where's <laughs> <laughs> a Game Boy.
1: I, I like how they describe. I like how they describe the Jack in the Box as uh, letting Jack escape his prison for a brief moment before stuffing
2: him back in. <laughs> <laughs> I remember there was one of my grandparents that had a, just a mortifying face, Look. like like a cold dead baby doll face, and it was just not a good toy. <laughs> it was. Just- Are any old dolls a good toy? No. I don't. Yeah. That's why our generation had expectations because we grew up with nice, nice things, and why we have like a hard time going to sit in a factory. <laughs> Whereas the boomers who grew up with like shitty wooden soldiers are like, fuck yeah,
1: conditioned for it. <laughs> yeah, we had we had Power Rangers with movable joints and stretch Armstrongs, which Fucking you know, Ninja Turtles? stretched Ninja Turtles. Oh. oh my god, the Ninja Turtle toys were the best.
2: I feel like I had all of them. as great. We didn't have a bear stuffed in a bear. A bear Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh.
1: Don't forget the Playmobil. Do you, do you all remember the Playmobil castle with the rock that was What the fuck are you talking about? I had a
2: lot of hand-me-downs from my cousins who were like, you know, five to ten years older than me. Uh, so I had like a sick castle gray skull, which is like, oh. like my childhood defining toy. the castle that looked evil where the good guys were
0: i had a lot of batmans and i had the batman animated series batmobile that had the pull out like you you like you could pull out the back and it turned into like a little batwing plane it was very and it also had the um what do you call them like the like the little spiky things that come out of the tires
1: yeah, that that I had that toy that toy is dope. Yeah it was very it was a very satisfying mechanical motion to of putting the the bat
2: wing back in.
0: Yes
1: mm-hmm.
2: I feel I feel like my childhood got dumb because I developed an obsession with Star Wars Legos and that became like the only toy I would interact with. So I was just sitting there building fucking a wings of the worst Star Wars movies until the most recent Star Wars movies.
0: <laughs> I remember this wasn't Christmas, but it was a I think it was a birthday. It may it might have been Christmas, but I like I got to a point in like middle school where I'm like, okay, I gotta be done with Legos. And then they came out with the AT AT Walker. And I'm like, <laughs> Alright, like, one more. <laughs> one more. <laughs> yeah, the big
2: giant AT AT was rad. Yeah, yeah, I
0: had that and uh the like the the first the V one Lego Millennium Falcon. I had a fair number of Star Wars ones, but like those are the two big ones. Yeah,
1: my brother had a V1 Millennium Falcon as well that I built a hangar for with the uh, retractable roof.
2: oh
1: yeah, i was very, very proud sick. of that.
2: Like the like the part inside of the the Death Star, like where they land.
1: No, 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 no. It's just a hangar. It's just a
2: hangar with a roof that opened up. Mm. Was it for Harrison Ford or Ansel yeah <laughs>
1: Harrison Ford.
2: Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, hadn't heard,
0: we hadn't heard of the other guy yet. Yeah, he was probably also playing with...
2: <laughs> it wasn't Ansel... E- Hold on. It wasn't Ansel Igor. It's someone else with a weird name like that. That guy also sucks, though.
0: <laughs> it's Ad- Adrian...
2: something with a K? Oh, Reich. Adrian Reich. that's right, yeah. Two men so devoid of charisma with names so vaguely German. That they just become <laughs> one man.
1: I like how oh man, if you click on Alden and uh, Google page, you know where it's got some of his other stuff. It's got uh, it's got the guy from Gossip Girl in it as a picture. So it's like Alden, 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 Pat. What's his name? Alden. <laughs> <laughs> That's weird. Yeah. Well, you know, I like this episode because you know uh we're just gonna get into the ratings because i feel like it's about that
2: time who would like to who would like to start with their their comments man it's it's a christmas classic you can regift it forever it's fun it's a good time if i feel like there's it's it's one of the the only fun parts of christmas besides the food and seeing your family is like the terrible media you get to watch kind of guilt-free and then you're also adding more you're adding commentary where people are saying what you're thinking as you're trying to pretend you actually enjoy christmas so (laughs) (laughs) yeah there you go it's it's this and you get to to depict santa as a degenerate which he is and also he has slave elves like literally in this so it's it's tight Eat your pasta. Watch this movie. Eat your <laughs> pasta.
1: What kind of sauce is my prepping, John?
2: Uh, I think Christmas has to be a red sauce yeah, endeavor. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I think uh, you could get away with vodka sauce if you wanted to
2: switch things up, or if it was like December 23rd. You <laughs> <laughs> can have your red sauce in your gabagoo, your Sunday <laughs> I think, gravy. I think as long as, as long as it's got lots
0: of parm on it, and that's, that's the snow. That's uh, good. Yeah.
2: <laughs> the snow yeah. loaf. Yeah, they're for sure like they're for sure eating penguins. There's no other food source. In the North <laughs> yeah. That's what
1: that's what a snow loaf is. It's just penguins. I mean, Santa John, I don't, exti- I don't mean to
0: I don't mean to burst your bubble, but
2: the penguin there are no penguins at the North Pole. Santa extincted Stellar's walrus. Santa just eats <laughs> Or sorry, Stellar's Dugong, I said the name wrong. He's Santa's what, Santa what caused is. that. Not not a shipwrecked crew. <laughs> <laughs> You heard it here first. Stop believing in Santa. Tell your kids you got them gifts. Tell them Santa exp- extincted a species of delightful fat manatees.
1: <laughs> so that's John's take. Chris, what do you got?
0: <laughs> I was kinda going back and forth between calling this a pair of socks and a Christmas classic, but I think I'm I'm feeling generous on our personal favorite week, so I will also call it a Christmas classic. It's it's fun. I think you know, it's long. It's ninety minutes. So you need to settle in with that expectation that you're watching a movie and not an episode of television. But, you know, to go with some of the other things that we've said here, it's it's funny. It's broken up by the little skits and interludes. And you can... the movie The movie itself functions in such a weird way that you will never be lost in what's happening because none of it makes sense anyway so like (laughs) if you tune out you're gonna be fine because you're gonna tune back in and you're gonna be like okay this still doesn't make any sense but the plot still seems to be moving forward so i mean you know how this movie's gonna end so the minute you start watching it so everything that happens in between is somewhat inconsequential which is fine
2: it's it's a movie about the invention of mall santa
0: yeah, but I think you know, to kind of what Brian was saying about the the inviting part of it is like, if you were to watch this every year, like then you can start making your own jokes along with the jokes that they're making. I was really, I think, just due to the timing of when this was released, I think they missed a, a really good Mike Pence joke about you know, is Santa Mike Pence because <laughs> he keeps referring to his wife as mother. God, hated. But that. you know, that's something that I can make now. <laughs> while
2: watching it it evolves with
1: time it's timeless
2: well he is never santa is also never alone with another woman
0: or <laughs> talks, he point. never
2: even talks to another woman doesn't he yeah this he movie just, does not
0: pass the bechdel test <laughs> he just
2: weirdly interacts with a little girl uh, I didn't, santa I didn't, and whipple are more evil than Furby's the teeth kid
0: room. who's like what's my name santa and he's like Susie?
2: Yeah, <laughs> She's like, is, oh my it? God.
0: It's like, I mean, that was. It. That seemed like a pretty easy guess, I think. Did anybody else get serial killer vibes
1: when Santa was talking about how all he does is watch children sleep? Yes. <laughs> I
2: hated it. I hated it.
0: <laughs> I tuned that part out, I think, a little bit.
2: I loathed that part. I did really like the joke where they. Where they were like, why does Santa have generalized anxiety disorder? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't see an awake child. <laughs> <laughs> why? Weirder that you won't. Weirder that you won't, Santa. Ugh. Oh, I can't save Christmas by talking to children. No. <laughs> Dude, it's no. a fucking babysitting gig. Feel a little more comfortable <laughs> in your skin, you fucking weirdo. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Well, this is a Christmas classic for me, too, if that wasn't
1: evident by my pick and the <laughs> fact that, you know, this is my episode. And, uh, yeah, it's just... Uh, Mysteries, I don't know when it happened. I can't pinpoint a moment in time where I remember watching Mystery Science Theater 3000 for the first time. But it's just always brought me joy. And I love coming back to it. And that's why I presented this episode... To you, fine boys. So bonafide Christmas classic. Stamp it on the paper, and let's keep going.
2: I, I oh underrated part just just to extend. I really liked their interaction with Santa and Baby Whipple on spaceships. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was good.
0: Came and went. Well, thank you for sharing this one with us, Brian. As we continue our march towards the end of our third season, John, you're up with your personal pick on Wednesday. Do you want to remind everyone of what we'll be watching?
2: Yeah, we're watching Futurama. We're just watching Xmas Story. Nice.
1: If you guys didn't agree with me on the Mystery Science Theater 3000 being a Christmas classic, I was going to start my own podcast with Blackjack and Hookers. <laughs> <laughs>
2: All right, Bender. Ha <laughs> This this Futurama episode has one of the most my favorite named characters, Tinny Tim. <laughs> 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 That's just good writing.
0: Oh uh, yeah. Well, we will catch everyone on Wednesday. We hope that your lead up to the holiday is going well. If you have a minute, leave us a rating or review. Stay subscribed to the podcast yuletide tv that's the name yuletide tv at gmail.com or at yuletide tv on instagram and twitter is where you can reach us but until next time as we close out season three i've been chris
2: i've been brian i'm still john
0: thanks for listening we're glad you're
2: still alive and in the not too distant future stay alive in the not so distant future too yes yeah yes Really, as long as you can. (laughs) (laughs) That's like the whole game.
0: Sleigh Bell Sounds provided by Michael Koenig from soundbible.com and Joy to the World provided by freexmasmp3.com.